0: Good afternoon and welcome aboard. Happy Wednesday to you. John McGinnis with you. KPK News Radio live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app and your smart speaker. Oh, boy, lots of things to talk about this afternoon. I want to take a little bit of a look at uh, the President's uh, State of the Union address last night, get into some of the details on that, what was said, what wasn't said, the general nature of it, how to, react to that, react to that, and then also some other local issues to uh, pursue as we work our way through the program. So, welcome. Thanks for uh, taking time out to tune in. Uh, it's very important, I think, that we... Uh, come together in whatever uh, forum we can for the purpose of uh, discussing what's going on, informing one another uh, to the extent we can of uh, some things that are gonna, being done um, theoretically uh, um, on our behalf, but sometimes I think uh, working uh, vastly against our, our best interests. And let's look at what the president had to say last night. He did call for uh, for unity during a moment of uh, of significant divisions in Washington, and he pointed out the fact that it's often said that Democrats and Republicans can't work together. But his uh, in his view of the world, over the past two years, uh, they have proved the cynics uh, wrong. He said, yeah, they disagreed plenty on things, but there were times when Democrats went alone. And time again, Democrats and Republicans came together. But the power dynamics have changed in Washington, and that uh, that you could see that crystal clear last night, uh, as you saw the the uh, the Speaker Kevin McCarthy behind him at the podium, um, who I thought comported himself very very well. He he seemed to have a kind of a pleasant demeanor. Uh, there were no rude theatrics like oh I don't know tearing up the speech. Uh, that was not happening. In fact, there was a time or two when there were uh, there were heckles or jeers from uh, within. Uh, Mr. McCarthy's own caucus, and uh, and he kind of gave a verbal uh, "no, nah, don't do that, don't go there," Wh- which I think is appropriate. There were also some things that were that were expressed by people pushing back on assertions that the president made that I think did actually uh, probably contribute to some good. Um, again, the most significant uh, experience I think was uh, when he talk- I took some very clear, undeniable heat uh, by way of criticism. Uh, from some Republicans for proposing cuts to Social Security and Medicare. Um, by the way, he was uh, referring to plans floated by Senator Rick Scott from Florida. I don't know if there's anybody else working with uh, Senator Scott on that or not. Uh, but but Kevin McCarthy and others have said uh, this is uh, it's not true. That's not in the plans. Not in the cards at all. And interestingly enough, I mean, there's a whole we could do a whole show. We could do a week's worth of shows on Social Security and Medicare. Um, I just for, for background purposes, I have always believed since, since high school that, uh, that social security would not be there for me, uh, at the time I became eligible for it. Certainly not if I was ever to find myself relying upon that, uh, to get by. So I have planned accordingly what I'll do with social security at some point. I, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure I'll ever tap into it, but, uh, I have, uh, my entire adult life. In fact, before that i uh, been operating under the premise that that would not be there for me in spite of the fact that I have been forced, uh, emphasized forced, to pay into it, to contribute money into Social Security since the very first uh, paychecks I got uh, at the ripe old age of 15. Um, but but I, it, it, there, there really, truly is no Social Security account. It doesn't exist. So uh, on the one hand, I think the uh, the GOP caucus is is uh, appropriate to say, look, we're going to prioritize that because people have paid into it. At the same time, they kind of eliminate a, uh, a negotiations point, and it is the third rail. There's no doubt about it. People who identify as staunch conservative when it comes to uh, to making any kind of changes in Social Security uh, seem to, uh, to arch their backs at that. They want nothing to do with it. Well, I'm not opposed to looking at a better way of doing that but the the speaker and his caucus have made it abundantly clear they do not want to go there. They do want to find ways to cut spending, to get spending in line with uh, with potential revenues, in order to be able to respect those commitments made uh, to people who have been investing in Social Security. That sounds like it was a choice. People who have been compelled, who have uh, who have by by demand of law, had their resources taken from them, uh, and then spent on whatever theoretically to be there available to them for both Social security and Medicare when the time comes. so when when the president heard that pushback and, and again'm I'm, I'm of, uh, I have different thoughts on that uh, that whole pushback. I understand that uh, that it seems very clear to me to be uh, an exercise in dishonesty on the part of President Biden. Yes, I said it. I know that's the third rail. You don't call people liars. I think he knowingly and willfully. Uh, told an untruth. The best way to express that is that he lied when he indicated that, uh, or, or created the appearance that there was some desire on the part of uh, the GOP to, uh, to to modify or eliminate or reduce Social Security and Medicare benefits. I uh, Medicare benefits rather. Uh, I think that was wholly dishonest. Uh, and what he got was pushback that changed the, uh, the narrative, I think, to a great extent. But regrettably, it also put the GOP in a position where they cannot use that as a matter of negotiations. I, I do have sensitivity to people who, on a compulsory basis, have, have deposited their hard-earned money into Social Security and Medicare. And um, th- the idea of taking that away uh, doesn't settle well. Uh, at the same time, if you've been paying any attention for the last 50 years or more... You have to know that uh, you're, you're setting yourself up for a, a bad experience if your return of your your own money that has been confiscated from you by the government uh, upon uh, retirement age, uh, if that's what you're relying on to get by, you're, you're in for, uh, I think, a disappointment uh, because I just don't – the, the, the lockbox that Al Gore spoke of, it doesn't exist. There is not a Social Security account that goes into the future. It just doesn't. So I, they do need to, to find a way to establish that. And I, with the good faith belief that people who were forced into this, uh, I think, horribly ill-conceived arrangement known as Social Security should have a return on that um, on that confiscation of their assets. I, I do believe that. But how you get there and what you might do to increase the likelihood that it will be there for those most in need is another story. And I think uh, some uh, some uh, passionate uh, conversations should take place on that. Uh, the president tried to appeal to the Republicans on subjects where they have uh, had some bipartisan uh, success in the past. That includes um, a new push uh, to crack down on an illegal fentanyl dis- distribution. But it was a lot of... Um, it was commentary. He talked about... The Republicans standing in the way of the resources for uh, officers to enforce the border—that uh, th- that—that's made up. That is absolutely made up. There is a, there is a clear uh, opportunity to engage in reasonable efforts to make that border secure, which every other country, every sovereign nation on the globe seems to have recognized and acted accordingly. We're not doing that, and is that it is that porous border. That has allowed for the, this explosion of fentanyl coming into this country. And uh, that's, that's I, th- I think, the first place to, to look to stop this. It started out with the, the overwhelming incidence of fentanyl being manufactured in China, then shipped to, uh, to Mexico, and then coming across this, I'll call it the, uh, the national boundary, because it's really not a border. It's not. It doesn't exist. They're flooding in, in enormous numbers. And the cartels are calling the shots. The cartels are abusing everybody along the way and engaging in unfathomable, violent criminal conduct uh, across the country. And that is spreading. What had been limited to the area adjacent to the southern border is now spreading everywhere. And uh, so very, very, very little time uh, committed to the border and virtually no commitment to actually make a difference. When the president took office, the border was relatively secure, probably as, as secure as it could have been. It's not now. So go back to what was done before. It, it, it can be done. It should be done. And uh, that was, I think, uh, wholly disingenuous. Um, historically, the, the, uh, the, the Democrats and Republicans have worked fairly well on that. And, and if you think back to prior uh, State of the Union addresses, the uh, Think about uh, Bill Clinton back in 1994 when he famously said he recognized, he read the tea leaves, saw reality, and said the era of big government is over. Well, last night, the era of big government seems to be uh, expanding exponentially. It is, it's unbelievable uh, how he seems to articulate solutions to various problems plaguing this country. Put a, put a tap on, on the cost of insulin, for example. It does, does, do average people not understand the concept that the, that the pharmaceutical companies who are in business to make money, I understand that, but they also provide an abundance of resources that are incredibly valuable, in fact, invaluable uh, to many people, especially those who suffer with chronic diseases. So the ability to get better, more effective, and different functioning kinds of medications to address uh, chronic, healthcare issues, chronic health care issues, chronic health concerns, I should say, like uh, diabetes and epilepsy, that is a costly endeavor. So when, when it, that all goes on to the, uh, the ultimate price of the medication, whether it's insulin or something else, and if you talk to physicians who specialize in this area, endocrinologists and others, they will tell you that they have made tremendous strides in recent years. Now, again, the pharmaceutical companies are doing it because they want to make a living, but they have a skill, they have resources, they have the uh, capacity to do just that to provide uh, bigger and better uh, reactions and, and, uh, and efforts to, to, to mitigate the effects, especially of chronic illness. So when you cap that price uh, that, uh, that can be paid for it, doesn't that sort of foreseeably limit the, uh, the amount of research and development that will put in to be put into those kinds of things and, and compromise those people most in need? What about opening it up to fair competition? If you've uh, if you've been around a while, you remember when there was uh, an airline called Pacific Southwest Airlines PSA. Uh, they were uh, they'd fly up and down the state of California all day long. They charged a uh, king's ransom for their tickets because they were the only game in town. And guess what? I, I think the numbers. I think I was making that trip quite a lot back then, and it, it sounds uh, sounds like nothing now. But I think it was like two hundred thirty nine bucks uh, for a ticket from uh, from L A to uh, to Sacramento. Well, along comes Southwest Airlines and brought competition into that market. And all of a sudden, you're getting $49 flights, not only from Southwest, but from the competing airlines as well. So competition is extraordinarily beneficial. And it encourages more people to get into uh, to business, to bring venture capitalists in, to invest in, in, uh, in efforts to, to really, truly bring about a better product that will help public health. Uh, but that seems to be lost on, uh, on this administration and the philosophies today. So there's a lot more to look at of this and dig into it, but I thought it was um, I thought it was not particularly well received. Uh, I'll give him some credit for his delivery. He had a lot of stumbles and missteps, and and, uh, and didn't seem to to uh, to really truly enunciate well. But he's 80 years old, and at the conclusion of the speech, he continued to remain on his feet, interacting with uh, with people in the chambers, and seemed to show some I don't know some uh, capacity to stay with it. Uh, but the, the, the text, the sub the, the context of what he was sharing, I thought was lacking um, credibility and candor. You got thoughts? 800-834-1530. 834 1530 Welcome back. Thanks for staying on board. John McGinnis with your KPK News Radio Live, everyone. The iHeartRadio app and your smart speaker. So uh, a couple of other just quick observations, I'm going to get to your calls, uh, 800-834-1530. The, uh, the idea, the notion that, uh, that the top income earners are not paying enough, uh, there's a recent data that's been analyzed and submitted, and I haven't done the analysis on it, so I can't speak to it with uh, firsthand uh, knowledge, but it indicates 40, the, uh, the top income earners in this country pay 42% of the taxes, and the people in the lower quadrant don't pay ta- income taxes. They pay other taxes and fees, but not income taxes. So uh, the idea of, uh, you know, you, you fine people for breaking the law. You find people for driving too fast, uh, for engaging in minor misconduct. Uh, so why do you find people for being productive? As they employ more people and grow enterprise, isn't it not foreseeable that that will produce more opportunities for commerce that have a, have a direct and very positive impact on the public coffers? It seems like all of that is lost. This is very much an FDR era uh, State of the Union, it would appear to me, and I don't think that's where we are. And by the way, if you look at the, the some of the very recent polling data, it indicates that uh, the public is not buying the president's message. Uh, you got to give him some credit. He can, he has a, a a pleasant smile. I think uh, beneath that pleasant smile is is a person who's not always inclined to do good. Look at his track record. He's got a he's got a horrible history of, uh, of I, I think, terrible misconduct and bad behavior. Uh, he's got a granddaughter that he doesn't acknowledge because it's not convenient for the family. Uh, there are things about him that I find to be dark and offensive, but he is presentable in in, uh, in small doses, and I think that has served his political purposes very well. I encourage everybody to take a harder look at the guy. Your thoughts, 800 834 Dan is patiently waiting in Sacramento. Dan, good afternoon, sir. Welcome to the conversation. Thanks for holding on.
1: Yeah, well, thank you, you bet. for or answering. You bet. Uh, you know, I have a two two part uh, statement on sure. this. It's, uh, disputing a little bit on uh, what you said earlier about Social Security and Medicare, mm-hmm. and I want to tell you first of all that I am a registered independent, and that I agree with some things on both sides. But I vote Republican because I I, I value personal freedom over many things. Right, and uh, and so. Um, the Social Security and the Medicare that we were forced, as you say, to pay into the system, to me, we would never have that money were we not forced to pay it. And same with taxes. Uh, and uh, to illustrate that, I would say if you went to a job and said, well, I need $1,000 a month to live on, to go to school, do what I want to do in life. And uh, so you get your $1,000 at the end of the month, and they've deducted 300 for taxes. And you, you'll have to tell them. Look, I need a thousand, and they'll have to give you that raise.
0: Yeah, so but, but but let me just push might. back a little bit on that because for my my time in life on planet Earth, I started learning about Social Security and the realities of Social Security when I was in high school, taking a very very good uh, civics class, and, and so I learned what the what the realities were, and I have planned my whole life through. Uh, believing that I would never have a chance to, uh, to to collect Social Security in spite of the fact that I have paid into it my entire adult life. In fact, long before my adult life. So I, I think if you know that if you fail to plan, you're not going to have a, a pot of gold at the end of the journey, then it, not to be insensitive, but, but shame on you. But when you're led to believe that, yeah, we're taking this from you. You don't have any choice. You're not inclined to recognize the fact that you're paying this, uh, this enormous amount of money because it's deducted. And that's a kind of a part of the process uh, on the part of the average worker. Then guess what? Uh, if they don't put that money in a place where it can be secured for dissemination at, uh, or disbursement at the time that these people get to, uh, to age. And it, there's no, the resources are simply not there
1: point is that the money that they take from you is not really your money and it never was because if you went to the employer and said i need a thousand dollars to live yeah. on in, yeah i haven't taken out of your check i, I have to look words, at it a little differently money, if you
0: earn that money it's yours the fact that uh, the well, you government didn't
1: earn it though that's what i'm saying that never was yours to earn
0: and, and no, no 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 we're, we're, we're not going to agree no on that on. dan i'm sorry we will never agree on that if you earn it it's yours and for somebody to take that from you uh, is fundamentally wrong. In fact, it's prohibited by law in most cases. In fact, if you look at Social Security, and if you get bored, take a look at Section 327 of the California Penal Code, a pyramid scheme, and try to deviate the difference between the Social Security plan and the prohi- uh, prohibited behavior of engaging in a pyramid scheme. I can't find a difference. And I think this is its its something that never should have started. Uh, has it been beneficial to some? Probably uh, but to the masses, I don't believe it is. And most importantly, there is not a defensible pot of money there uh, to be distributed accordingly. Appreciate the call very much. More calls coming up right after this. Welcome time. back. Thanks for staying on board. John McGinnis with you, KPK <laughs> News Radio, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app and your smart speaker. Uh, talking about this this State of the Union last night, it leads into conversations on Social Security, on big government, on uh, regulating what uh, different private sector businesses can charge for their, for their merchandise, their services. And I don't think it's healthy. I don't like it at all. This is a tremendously inflated, bloated government we have right now. And very honestly, it did not start uh, in this administration. It actually started rather significantly in the last two administrations. That, uh, that curve really began to grow. And remember, think back to 1994 when, when Bill Clinton, who's not a member of my party and not a guy I ever voted for, But if you look back, uh, in spite of some of his personal piccadillos and and bad behavior, uh, did not do an an incredibly poor job uh, as the chief executive of our system of government. And he made that declaration that the era of big government is over. Well, if you read between the lines on what President Biden said last night, the era of big government is alive and well and is likely to choke out the entrepreneurial spirit. And I, I just don't prefer this way of doing business. And I sense that people who take the time to look at it largely reached the same or similar conclusions. And there's all kinds of other things you can look at in terms of his, uh, his, his skill or lack thereof in terms of delivering the message. He did uh, make uh, made a repetitive reference to uh, still getting the job done. That spirit, uh, he's uh, suggesting, I think, indicating that he's at least trying to communicate a desire to pursu- pursue yet another term. I don't know what ultimately will come of that, uh, but I think he kind of set the stage for that last night. Your thoughts eight hundred eight three four fifteen thirty. And where are we headed first? How about I think uh, we lost uh, Carl at one point. Carl, good afternoon. Welcome to the conversation. Thanks for holding on.
2: Hey, Sheriff McGinnis. Thanks for taking my call.
0: My pleasure. Welcome.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a good opportunity to talk about some of the policy discussion from last night. I think, unfortunately, I was disappointed with. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of these are becoming just more popularity contests. More more for the masses right yeah. in terms of what sounds good and there was just the heckling that went on I, I was just very put off by it. Yep. I think there was lost opportunity I think I think Biden kind of roped folks into uh, this concept around social security and, and and I don't even think that was on the table and he put it on the table. I thought it was it was it was there were some missed opportunities last night unfortunately or, or blaming him for fentanyl overdoses. I just think that was bad form. Uh, I I don't. It draws away from the debate.
0: I I agree in terms of the spirit, the demeanor, the decorum in the chambers. But I I don't disagree with the intellectual conclusion that it is the conduct, uh, the, the execution of the plan and the law and the rule by this president and his administration at the southern border or the southern boundary, <laughs> say, because there's no real border there anymore, uh, that has led to the explosive incidence of, po- of fentanyl poisoning. And, and I appreciate a distinction uh, between the use of the term poisoning versus overdose. There are some of these deaths that are overdoses because people are knowingly taking something that is a risk to them. They are know, knowingly taking fentanyl. They don't know they're taking too much. Uh, that's an overdose. But when you're talking about people who think they're taking Adderall, Uh, or some other drug uh, obviously not getting from a a proper uh, source not getting it prescribed and and filled by a a pharmacist uh, but still believing they're taking something that's a legitimate medication uh, I'm not defending that course of action because they're they're outside the law, but those are the incidents of accidental death uh, and poisoning as a result of that drug, and that is, is, is really exclusively coming up across uh, our southern border. So I do think in, in terms of uh, robust, spirited debates in the proper place, that's good. But if you think back, I don't know how yeah. many years ago it was when President Obama was giving a State of the Union, and one member... Uh, shouted out uh, you lied that uh, got a lot of attention this this uh these outbursts last night didn't get so much so it i, I think it has to be acknowledged as a as evidence of some change in terms of uh, demeanor and comportment on the part of the masses um which uh, perhaps and i don't know i don't know if uh biden and his team were clever enough to uh to put this out to get buy-in on a public stage like that or i suspect otherwise but uh but yep. I, I thought it was. Uh, I, I don't like it. I don't care for the extent to which we have deteriorated and how things are changing. And a lot of uh, really, truly, blatantly uh, dishonest information was put out last night and not properly um, explained. So, or not, not pushed back on, not yep. properly questioned. So, yeah, I appreciate yeah, the call. I, I Very The,
2: the, the follow. Oh, sorry. The follow up with uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders calling the other side crazy too. Unfortunately, it was all sort of part of the same you know, sort of the part of the same composure of the evening by the Republicans. And it was it was a lost opportunity overall, in my view.
0: Well, uh, let me I'll I'll play the devil's advocate on that just a little bit, because uh, think about um, some of the things that have been uh, really prominent in terms of uh, of recent behaviors espoused by the party in power in Washington the last couple of years and still largely in power, uh, marginally uh, impacted by a, a thin Majority in the House on the other opposing side. But some of these things, like, like the idea of an of a, uh, uh, associate justice at the Supreme Court being duly sworn in and seated and recognized to perform as such when she was incapable of, uh, of asking a question as to what a woman is. I think that was what uh, Governor Huckabee Sanders was referring to last night. And very honestly, my expectations of her were not high. And I, I thought she, uh, I thought she did a good job because there, there is a distinction, and none of that come came up last night. Absolutely none of that came up. There was scant reference to some of the major uh, issues confronting us today, like rampant inflation. He says inflation is down, but it's still historically high. Uh, the, 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 the crisis that is what used to be a southern border is undeniable and not being properly addressed. And you have uh, our geopolitical foe in the form of uh, the communist Chinese. Uh, floating this uh, device across the continental U.S. and not being dealt with in a timely fashion. If you look at that, and you look at uh, what Xi Jinping is thinking about uh, the potential for for him and his uh, and his military going after uh, Taiwan, are they going to be deterred by the conduct of uh, of the leadership in this country today? I, I think probably not, and that's not good for. I, I think uh, internationally, that's a very bad development. So I, I, I do think uh, some things that she said last night a little sharp-elbowed. And again, I went into it very low expectations, quite honestly. Uh, but I thought she, I thought so, uh, some of what she said uh, resonated yeah. quite well. Hey, Carl, oh, I appreciate I, the call very much. Oops, go ahead. We got to go real quick though.
2: So, so I no, I agree with what you're saying. I just think the the way to do it is not by sh- you know calling the president basically a murderer or calling the other political. Party crazy i i agree with you yeah. i just think that kind of discourse is it's above the that we should be i i,
0: I absolutely agree i think there is a time for refined dignified communication i think you can make your points better surgically uh, than you can uh with blunt crude commentary uh but the content and the spirit of what she shared i think i, I think it was uh, uh not a bad message now here's the reality uh the the left side of the big aisle will reject her out of hand although she did a couple of things she said if you, if you look carefully uh, i found interesting she did make reference to time for a new generation now this is uh, a woman who worked for president trump and whose father is uh, seems to be an extreme uh, a very 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 staunch loyal supporter of president trump i don't know what her intent was when she made that statement uh but uh but it did seem like a bit of a change in terms of uh allegiances there potentially uh, if you look at that as uh, perhaps the uh, the youngest governor in the nation the brand newly elected governor of arkansas uh, perhaps thinking it's time for somebody else uh uh to to lead the uh, the, chief, the executive branch of government in this country uh more conversation coming up don't go away Welcome back. Thanks for staying on board, John. To get us with you, KPK News Radio Live, everywhere in the iHeartRadio app, and your smart speaker. I mean, i got a whole lot of things I wanted to get to or not, but I'm going to get to your calls. Respect your uh, those people waiting. Uh, and check out the afternoon news this afternoon because uh, we're going to have some conversation there about some some absurdity and silliness at the city council chambers last night. I think ultimately the city council did the right thing, but check that out on the afternoon news. And by the way, we frequently get complaints that this program is too short. Well, if you don't get to get all of it, uh, go to KPK.com and check out the podcast where you at least you get the entirety of the show. Uh, with that in mind, let's get your calls, 800-834-1530. Garrett is patiently waiting in Sacramento. Garrett, good afternoon. Welcome to the conversation. Thank you so much for holding on.
3: Hi, John McGinnis. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure, sir. Hey, I just got to say, it was painful to watch that thing last night. I yeah. couldn't watch the whole thing. and um You couldn't
0: watch the whole thing, you say?
2: I couldn't watch yeah. the whole thing.
0: Did, was, did you kind was, of have a feeling of uh, just uh, like this This is going to break bad, he's going to make a big blunder and it's going to go wrong and it's vicarious embarrassment to watch it? Was that how you felt?
3: You know, when does he not? <laughs> I think I think that, that's that's kind of par for the course. And, yeah. You know, speaking to a previous caller's comment about, you know, the jeering and the peanut gallery and all that stuff. I would kind of go back to the premise of who was speaking and – how the country and everybody, I think, the majority of people in this country,
2: have lost respect and trust
0: in oh, yeah. the administration. I, I, and, you know what? You, so, you, you make an absolutely excellent point. Uh, when, it, when a person stands up before a crowd of people, I, I, I truly believe that he knows full well. He has had a conversation with uh, with the Speaker, Kevin McCarthy. He knows full well. Right. He knew walking into those chambers last night that there was no truth to this uh, this. Uh, it was more than innuendo that the GOP wants to cut Social security and Medicare benefits. He knew that was not true yet he pushed it out that there anyway so so that does warrant I think a, a different kind of a reaction. but I long for the days of dignified exchange of of thought legitimate dignified exchange of thought, uh, but admittedly the the environment has been created in which you 're i think uh, foreseeably less likely to get that so yeah. And
3: and given the fact that this administration is, you know, mired in scandals and turmoil and problems, I think that people just look at him and they just don't take him seriously on the world stage or as a a resident of this country. Um, It's really sad that our country has just come down to this. I mean,
0: Uh, well, I'll tell you, Garrett, this may be oversimplifying things, but every now and then last night, uh, Joseph Barr Biden, the President of the United States, flashed a smile that looks nice and engaging and he looks like a kindly grandfather uh, Now, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of dark, frankly a lot of evil within that guy. If you look at his life 's history it's not good. I mean there are some very significant uh, acts of, of uh, conduct that go well beyond uh, indiscretions, and I think there's been a, dishonesty has been a major pattern throughout his life. It's been talked about uh, by political pundits decades back, saying that he never could be a legitimate uh, presidential candidate. Well, it started to come into pretty f- clear view, I think, about, uh, about three years ago, four years ago, that he was going to be taken seriously. And again, I'll go back to the fact that uh, when necessary, he can flash a very charming smile, uh, doesn't look bad in a well-tailored uh, suit. And for the people who don't engage in that, that uh, coveted critical analysis, that's all they see, and I think they respond in kind. But when he hits a nerve through uh, overt dishonesty, it does. Uh, I think it uh, creates a, a foreseeable uh, arching of the back on the part of uh, people who are not comfortable with that, and you get the pushback. Hey, Garrett, I appreciate the call very much, sir. Let's see if we can squeeze uh, Ash in. Also, patiently waiting in Sacramento, Ash. Good afternoon. Welcome to the conversation. Thanks for holding on. Hey, sir, I appreciate it. Give me you your
3: voice again. I'm glad you're still doing radio stuff along with everything else. That you're
0: Absolutely. Thank you, sir. I love it.
3: Yeah, you know, it, it, it was really, really disappointing, man. Um, you know, I, I think all these other callers have pretty much said, um, you know, hit, hit, hit the nail on the head in that sense. It's like, I just feel like it's like, you know, all these president people, presidential people with everything, they've never been we the people for the people. You know, there's only so much that, that has been done for us in that sense. And there were a lot of things that one of the other callers earlier mentioned that he didn't even bring up. He wants to try to protect certain things, but it's like, you know, you're not you're not hoping the middle class at all. There's no,
0: no, no. A, and, and look at the things confronting our society. A- again, fentanyl is a major, major, major issue. There's no doubt about it. That's that's the leading cause of death in a major demographic group in this country that cannot be overlooked. But yeah, but to actually yeah, get to the it's truth it's as the to how that right, poison is working its way into the bodies of young people in this country is to to yeah. not acknowledge that and not move with haste to fix that problem, uh, I I think it, it that unto itself yeah. has an element of dishonesty with it. And of course, look what's going on with China, the communist Chinese, and what their what's going on. His relationship with the communist communist Chinese, uh, his son's relationship. So much of this that he didn't. Uh, didn't touch on because, frankly, he couldn't. Ash, I appreciate the call, sir. You're going to be the last one of the day. Uh, great to hear from you. Uh, that is it for me, but stick around because you have Bridget Biorlo coming in next. She's in for Kitty. She's great. Check her out. Uh, you'll enjoy her this afternoon, and you'll hear the story I alluded to about the uh, the silliness at the Sacramento City Council Chamber, and I'll, I'll give the, uh, the end uh, of the story away. Uh, they ultimately did the right thing. Thank God. Hey, have a great evening. I'll see you back, back here tomorrow.